you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. And today I have a guest who will be talking to us about health and eating. Lene Courtney, who's with us, is an intuitive eating coach, and her mission is to ditch diet culture with a focus on establishing healthy eating habits that stick for life. After spending almost 15 years in the corporate world that required many hours of travel and being challenged with her own personal health battles that surfaced, it's being active and strong along with intuitive and mindful eating that's made all the difference in her health and how she views life. So welcome, Lene. I'm very happy to have you here. Yeah. So if you'd like, you can tell us a little bit more about your story and we can kind of go from there. I have a, a few questions and so go for it. Absolutely. Um, yes, thank you for having me today. Um, a little bit about my story. Um, like you said, I had spent about 15 years in corporate, um, spending a lot of that time on the road. The, my corporate office was about an hour and a half from my home. So I was spending roughly three hours a day um, in my car. And so that brought its own little challenges, um, but also really my, my big, my pivotal point in my own health and wellness journey um, started about eight years ago. Um, I had gone in for a yearly physical and it was, it was one of those physicals that they said, you know, head down the hall to the lab and let's draw some blood and we're going to, we're going to see what, um, like, a, I think they did a lipid panel at the time. Um, so I have some family history with some diabetes, especially on my mother's side of the family. Yep. Um, and the next day they called me with those results and it didn't look really great. And while I thought that I was eating fairly healthy, moving my body some of the time, um, but knowing that that job was really limiting my movement, um, that, that test did not come out really great. Um, I had some eleva elevated cholesterol levels and mm. I really, left me at a place that I told myself that I was too young to be taking any sort of medication for, for high cholesterol. Right. 
And I I told myself that that I am not going to be one of those people um, that, and at at that time I was only 30 years old. So at that time I told myself that I'm, I'm not going to be one of those people. And they had told me to come back in six months and let's take a look again. Um, so I went back and I had changed some ways that I was, that I was eating. Um, and I went back in six months and they said, well, we're still going to, it had come down to a, to a really reasonable level, which I was super happy about. Um, it wasn't great, but it was to the point where I didn't need to be on medication. Uh-huh. So after that, I really found, um, of course I was, I was in our society. We, we latch on to some sort of piece of diet culture. Um, I had found myself in the CrossFit community and while paleo eating is very prominent in that, in that space, um, I given paleo a try. Um, and then there was even a point where I was literally weighing and tracking everything that I consumed in a day. Oh, that's hard, isn't it? Time consuming. It was. And (laughs) I was finding myself in the gym four to five days a week, um, working that corporate job. I was literally tracking everything that I consumed in a day and I, and, and I hit some burnout. Um, and what I found out on the other side was that because we can be so consumed with diet culture that we get that much further removed from our innate sense of how we feel when we eat and Mm. how we feel when we consume certain types of food. So that really led me down the path of intuitive and mindful eating. And when I was at that point in my life, I was actually 20 to 25 pounds heavier than what I am now. Um, and once I really tapped into and, and really found some really great habits, um, after I had hired my own one-on-one coach that to really help me through this, um, I have found those really great habits and practice those really great habits on a daily basis. And it has, it's just taken away so much of the weight that diet culture has put on us. And I really look at myself in a different light as far as my self-worth and it's, we really can find health at any size. And I really, my, instead of being the smallest that I can be, It's, I've really shifted to how can I be the strongest woman that I can be both physically and mentally. So that's really how I found myself in, in the coaching space. Um, and really giving that value and changing the lives of other women like it has with my own journey. Yeah, I I think. I, I would agree with, with just about everything that you've said. I think that particularly women were way too 
worried about how we look to other people rather than how healthy we are. Um, and, and I think a lot of women need that kind of support that you are out there and providing to women. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually, I just had a conversation with someone today. Um, a little bit more of my story. Um, back in high school, I actually, I had a little bit of an, uh, of an eating disorder. I had found that if I didn't eat, I could lose weight. So I had gotten myself down to like a size two Ooh. and it, it just, I had thought that small was being small was the epitome of health. And even though I was a size two, I was still giving, getting comments from other women in my circles that it still wasn't good enough. Oh my God. So it was then that I also realized that I was not going down the right path. And our family loved them. Um, and also having what I want to say, quote unquote, an intervention um, okay. with some family members that had really saw what was going on. And really, they, they sat down and had a talk with me. And that was the point that I realized that this was not the road that I needed to go down. Well, you're lucky. You're very lucky. I was lucky. super lucky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I ha I, when I was in high school, I had the opposite problem. I was about 20, 25 pounds overweight and just could never, could never take it off. Went to, used to go to the gym, did Weight Watchers. That was a long time ago. Weight Watchers had literally just started at that point. Um, and I just couldn't, I couldn't lose weight on Weight Watchers. And I just didn't, I actually didn't end up losing weight till I, I got into um, graduate school and I went to the, to the doctor there and she said, okay, she said, you either start counting calories and watch what you eat and lose the weight now, she said, or I would be fighting it my whole life. And I said, okay. So that's what I did and took the weight off and, and she's right. You know, I've been gone up or down a little bit since then, but um, nothing like, nothing like what I was. So yeah, it, it's, it's pretty incredible when there is somebody outside of yourself who will sit you down and say, excuse me, hello, <laughs> this is not working. You bet. Sometimes, you know. we just, sometimes we just need another set of eyes on the ground from the outside yeah. looking in. That's right. That's absolutely right. You know, and, and peer pressure, right. will make a lot of us do anything. And that's, that comes back to the same thing of, of, as you're saying, with the intuitive eating and the mindful eating is that if you come from a place of what's good for me, how do I feel when I eat this stuff? Right? Absolutely. That, that that's, 
that's your best judge because you're not going to you're not going to feel good when you eat bad stuff unless you're eating bad stuff all the time and then you don't feel anything one way or the other absolutely yeah um so so if if someone came to you and said okay what is the first thing that i should do to help me turn this around and and change and become more mindful and healthier with my eating what would that be the number one thing that i think consumes us at a really young age especially in the u.s um we start at a really young age eating fast Mm. um in particularly in i think it starts in the elementary schools here only having 20 minutes to get your food sit down and eat i believe is is not long enough um so we start picking up those habits at a young age and eating fast becomes the new normal. And what I find to be, there's, there's several like moving pieces um, as part of that. When we eat fast, it doesn't allow our stomach to tell our brain enough, it doesn't give our, it doesn't give ourselves enough time to really register when we are full so when we sit down and we eat really fast um we we tend to overeat more and then and then that always usually turns into another spiral where we start to beat ourselves up for overeating because we've known that we overeat. Uh, So this is always my number one habit that I tackle with my own clients is really being conscious Mm. to slow down, slow down when we eat. Um, Do you need to, and finding little things to help you slow down. We are in a world that we are so fast paced, no matter what age you are at. Mm -hmm. We're in a world where it is so fast paced. So on my own personal journey, the thing that worked best for me to slow down my eating was to take a bite and put my fork down Uh, and actually enjoy the food that I was eating um, and just really tap into the emotions that that eating was giving me. What feedback was my body giving me? And when I was ready for that next bite, pick up my fork, take another bite, put my fork down. No, it makes so a lot that of would sense. always give my body enough time to tell my brain when I was actually full, not when it was too late. 
Right. Right. No, I think that that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people listening who will maybe get a little bit of an aha moment from that one if they aren't already doing that. Yes. Um, oh, I was something else I just thought of. What about um, also, I know personally for myself that if I don't eat over certain periods of time, then I may get lightheaded or, or whatever, but then I'll sit down and I will probably eat more than I should at that point. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Just because I'm hungry and my body is saying, feed me, feed me. Um, <clears throat> so what are your, what's your advice, your recommendations on how to, let's say you're out and about and maybe you can't come home or you can't fix a meal. What kinds of, of, foods do you suggest for people when they're in that kind of a, of a situation? Mm -hmm. I, I really love um, <laughs> the people that know me on a personal basis always know that I always travel with snacks. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> and it could be something as simple <laughs> as keeping a small baggie of, of almonds in my purse. Mm. Or um, there, I feel like the the stores and like the gas stations, especially in the U.S., has done a really good job um, as of recently to make sure that we keep um, pieces of fruit um, oh. readily available. Um, mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to go to an actual grocery store to get those things, especially when you're in a bind. Um, that makes sense. Uh -huh. I, I try to eat as many whole foods as I can, just knowing that there's so much goodness as far as vitamins and minerals that I can get from those foods versus processed foods. Um, yeah. If I am in a bind, I do feel like there's some really great um, protein bars and energy bars yep. on the market right now. Yep, I would um, agree. Yep, a couple of a, a couple of my favorites right now is the RX bars, hmm. um, and I think Quaker has a new one. I cannot hmm. remember what the name is. Um, but it does, it has some really great, um, it has oatmeal in it, which uh -huh. I really, I really love, I really love oatmeal. Um, mm. I love the, okay. I love, I love a bar that has a really good fiber content. Yeah. Cause then you're gonna yeah. feel fuller longer. I, I like, um, also Orgain makes some good, good protein Absolutely. Bars. Yes. They have some really wonderful bars as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big lover of chocolate, and I like the fact that they make just a plain peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, they do. Yeah, so that's that's the one I carry around for emergencies. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, I, and a lot of it is just being prepared. Um. Mm -hmm. What I found in my own journey is to be really proactive. Um, and, and plan ahead. 
Um, I am one that has found and to be beneficial for myself and my clients is to spend a little bit of time on the weekend planning how your week is going to look um, so that we don't quote unquote crash land into the week. Uh, um, uh -huh. So many times we find ourselves, it's, we, we have so much going on on the weekend and then it find we get to Monday and we have all that we can do to get ourselves out the door in the morning and get ourselves to work and grab that cup of coffee. And mm. then we sit down at our desk and maybe we haven't brought anything for lunch that day. So then we find ourselves um, in that drive through or uh -huh. going out and getting lunch somewhere else um, yeah. that that may not set us up for success. Yeah. Or or you have a, a lunch meeting and the company brings in food. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and then you're trying to figure out, OK, do I eat my lunch? Do I eat part of their lunch? You know. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I am one that um, I don't want to ever say that there's good food and bad food um, on what I coach on, but there's always really great food or there's optimal food and then there's mm -hmm. kind of less optimal food. Um, and in those situations, especially, you know, when you're when your company maybe brings lunch in. Um, there's always, there's always ways to just make the best of a situation and never limit yourself to the, a social aspect of being there. Um, just know, just it's, it's that whole mindful eating, eating part that really kicks in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I would, I would agree. I would agree. I personally, I always had a built in excuse which was being allergic to probably half the world and so i could always say oh no you know thank you i but i i can't eat that kind of food and so i brought my own i hope you don't mind <laughs> yeah yes yes yeah that that does come in handy and it's the absolute truth so <laughs> it works even better it's not like yes. i'm making it up <laughs> But um, yeah, so, so what, when you start coaching people, what are the biggest things that you find that people have as far as misconceptions around, or maybe it's even before you start to coach when you first talk to them about either intuitive eating or mindful eating or, you know, um, there's so many different kinds of diets and different descriptions. And so they may or may not have actually, they might not be familiar with those terms. Yes, absolutely. Um, probably the biggest thing and the biggest misconception that I get is intuitive eating is the eat whatever I want diet. <laughs> and I shouldn't care. Um, there is something to eating really great food and it in turn makes us 
feel really great. And it's that feeling of feeling really, really good and feeling like you have all of the energy in the world that keeps us on the path that that feels it keeps us on that path that feels really good um so that's probably the number one misconception that i get is that it's the eat whatever i want diet and the the path that i take my clients on is learning what foods work and don't work for them everyone is different everyone is different um what can we do to stabilize blood sugar. Um, What I'm finding, especially with women, um, a lot of the diets that are out there are, are, the majority is based on research with men. So as women, we have more hormones, we have a lot more moving parts. And if, the research that I, that I'm doing is finding that if we can stabilize blood sugar and women can eat on a fairly consistent basis and, and really get away from that severe restriction that turns into that binge, then it gets them feeling really, really good. And they start tapping into what feels really good for them and what feels not so good for them. Oh, that, that makes that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Especially because I think there is and I see a lot of pushback starting in some of the, the medical literature is this whole thing with protein and oh you have to have a lot of protein. And that's true, but there's kind of a big but in there, right? Mm-hmm. Because, because you don't, um, as you get older, you need more protein. That's absolutely true. How much that is for you could be totally different from someone else who's the same age you are. Yes. So how, and a how lot of that is determined that? on um, what's your aesthetic goals. If you are... Mm. If, if you are in the gym, um, like for somebody like me, mm-hmm. I, I want to be strong and, and I want that muscle growth. So mm-hmm. for someone like me, I'm going to eat more protein than someone that maybe is just a runner mm-hmm. or someone who is just moving their body for 30 minutes a day and just to be, just to be overall healthy. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I know um, just on a personal basis that um, I have been going to the gym for a long time and I like to go out and walk as well. So I, I do both. But last September, which if people have been listening to my podcast will know because I talked about it a lot, I was out on a walk and I took a fall and I broke my collarbone. And at that point, I realized that even though I was eating a pretty balanced diet, excuse me, that 
two, two things actually happened. One was that I knew that I needed to have more protein and more minerals. Um, and the second thing was that I found that I needed to eat almost twice as many calories as I had been eating because my body needed that. It needed that energy. And I lost like, I lost like five pounds overnight and all yes, the, absolutely. and all of the muscle mass that I had, it was, it was pretty eye opening. Yes. Um, and so, you know, again, like you're saying, you know, it all depends on your situation. What are you doing? What's going to support, right? You bet. You bet. So, um, okay. Well, do you, do you have any other specific areas that you'd like to, um, to talk about or talk to my audience about? And also you can, you know, tell us a little bit about where people can can get more information about you and you know perhaps you you have a site or something where you have a blog or or you know where you do some kind of advice and and posting um you know feel free and and tell people about that and where they can find you and at the same time i will post in the show notes um links to any of those places that you are going to be talking about. Sure, sure. Um, probably the, the last point um, is really taking a look at your mindset. Um, there, there is so much, we're, we're really trending to an, a different culture about taking care of the way that we think um, and how in turn that makes us feel. Mm. And our mindset and the limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves, the, the can'ts that we tell ourselves, yep. um, really do more harm than I think that we think. I think that we think, um, yeah. <laughs> and the biggest thing that I can tell a woman is that if there is something that we want in this life and maybe we work a little bit towards that goal and then one day we tell ourselves, well, maybe I wasn't cut out for that. And then you just stop showing up for yourself mm -hmm. yep. for the sole fact that this has been some of my own internal dialogue yep. that I stopped showing up because, well, no one will notice because I <laughs> never told anyone. And it's really, it's really us that is the number one person that we need to show up for. I totally agree with that. And once we start showing up for ourselves in the capacity that we want to show up in, the world is absolutely limitless. Yes, I I would I would totally agree. I know even in 
my own coaching that I do. That's the way I say it. Well, two different ways. One is that you should always choose yourself first. And then Absolutely. the other is to prioritize yourself because if you don't, nobody else is going to. Absolutely. We yeah. are the one person that we will live with for the rest of our life. Yeah. And, and when we tell ourselves that, well, I'm just not going to go for it because no one else, no one else is watching. No one else will notice. It's the number one person that we are with mm -hmm. for the rest of our life that mm -hmm. notices and that's ourself. And yeah. it weighs, it, it gives us, it does give our, our minds some weight when we tell, when we have that internal dialogue with ourselves. Mm -hmm. and it's stepping out and just starting to show up for yourself in small ways gives yourself evidence that you can have whatever it is that you want in your life. Oh, totally, totally. And I think the other, the other side of that as well is that we as women, and particularly those of us that are of an older, little older generation, we were all raised to give ourselves up. That's what we were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you give yourself up for your parents, for your kids, for society, for your, at your job, whatever it happens to be, we're the enablers. Yes. Yes. And, and we just, by doing that, um, that's partly how we fall into overwhelm. And it's also partly how we actually don't really help anybody else. Yeah. Because if you're stressed out because you're trying to do three times as much as you should or can, you're not helping anybody, least of all yourself, but you're not helping anybody else either. You may think you are, but you're not. Absolutely. So, we cannot as women, as, as humans in general, that's right. We cannot, we can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's it's a good, good metaphor. I like that. Of what are the, what's finding those non-negotiables that we need in our life? setting those boundaries, knowing what you need to do on a daily basis for yep. you to be your best human so that you can serve others. We can't serve others in a really great capacity if we're not serving ourselves first. Yep. Yep. No, I, I totally, totally agree with that. And I think it's, a super important message for for all of us to be um, communicating to the women that we that we deal with who are family as well as clients and and I think to a certain degree to men as well because they need to understand um, some of them do the same thing yes and the others that don't need to understand that that that's kind of what their wives, mothers, sisters, whoever it is, may be doing, and they need to watch out for us as well and say, hey, you know, you're not, you're not doing it. Yes, yes. Um, so uh, I, think, I think that's the new, it needs to become the new normal. And we really need to, to anything that comes up in our lives 
we need to measure how much time and, and energy we can put into it by what we've already got on our plates. Absolutely. If, if you'll pardon the expression. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, okay. Well, on that, on that note, um, I think you had mentioned that you were, had just opened up a new Facebook community. Is that something you'd like to I did. Tell everybody about, I did. Um, I, I just opened a Facebook community called Hungry for Freedom. Ooh, it is a space for women to come that are ready to ditch diet culture. They are ready to find that strength that they're looking for um, physically and mentally. Um, and they're really ready to create healthy habits that stick for life. Um, this space is, it's really intended for women to come and share what their struggles are, um, celebrate their wins because that is celebrating the small wins and even big wins, um, mm. is, is really an, in, an integral part in in all of our journeys so that's really what i intend that space to be um, it is going to be the new place where i am going to hang out and really hold space and serve those women um, in that space i i have some really great stuff coming down the pipe i'm going to be doing a journaling experience next week. That's another one of the, the biggest questions that I get is yeah. I want to start journaling, but I don't know where to start. So I'm going to be doing a three day journaling experience next week, starting um, Tuesday. I'm going to be giving that in there and we're going to, I'm going to kind of go out through the, through the outlines or, or kind of give a, a quick rough in of how journaling works um, and how it can be kind of different than your, your dear diary that mm. we used to do when we were kids. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be giving that next week and then also have a masterclass um, slotted for March. That'll, that'll kind of coincide with spring coming here in the U S. Oh, so, um, I have that. You can also follow me at, um, Lene Courtney. Um, you can spell my first name as L Y N N E A. My last name is the easy part, Courtney with a C. <laughs> um, you can find me either on Facebook. Um, my profile is open to the public. So you can follow me there or give me a friend request there on Facebook. Um, or you can also follow, follow me over on Instagram um, at Lene underscore Courtney um, there as well. Um, Facebook right now is really my jam. That's really where I show up the most. But um, I, really, I really like some things that Instagram is doing. So I am starting to show up there just a little bit more. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. And I will um, put, I can put your, well, they can see your name in the, in the show notes anyways. And otherwise, I will be happy to put your, your Facebook group link and your 
um, Instagram uh, link as well awesome. in the show notes for people. So, um, okay. Well, thank you so much for spending the time with me and with us. Yes. Thank Renee. you so it's, much for having it's, me. It's been a great conversation today. I love it. And um, I enjoyed it as well. Hi, everyone. It's Susan Rosen again, and just wanted to let everybody here know that the information that Lene and I talked about today is only for informational purposes. Neither of us are doctors. This should not be considered medical advice or diagnosis, treatment, or prescribing. And it is certainly not intended to replace your one-on-one -on -one relationship with a, quote, qualified healthcare professional. If you have any kind of a medical problem, please go and see your healthcare professional or a licensed physician and talk to them about it. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. I really enjoyed talking to Lene. And I will, as I said, put her links in the show notes. Please feel free and do go and look at her Facebook group and her profile. And if you want to look her up on Instagram, that's always a good thing as well. Next week, we will get back into the regular format. And then after that, I'll have another interview as well. That one will be about meditation. And it should be really interesting for everyone as well. I'm looking forward to starting to do more of these interviews. And I really hope you guys are liking it and would love it if you'd leave me some comments and like the podcast, that would be great. I will be talking to all of you next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit healthytipsafter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.